0: Hello and welcome to the Rhythm Changes Podcast. I'm your host, Will Chernoff, and this episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound. Listeners of this show get access to a special rate. You can get up to 20% off your next recording, mixing, production project at 12th Street Sound here in my home city, New Westminster, VC. That's all thanks to Anthony Cenerini, who's one of the biggest boosters and supporters this podcast has ever seen in its young life. And Anthony is running this promotion until the end of this month. That's right, September 30th, 2022. Between now and then, you can get up to 20% off. Learn more about this offer at 12thstreet.ca for Rhythm Changes podcast, go to that page learn more about some of the things he thinks it might be suited for and if you've got something else in mind, you can reach out to him and he'll still give you that 20% off. Go to 12street.ca/rcp and check out the offer that Anthony has cooked up just for listeners of this show. Get going on your next project now. Thanks to Anthony at 12 Street for sponsoring and supporting this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Railtown Mastering. I've had a lot of fun teasing what I'm up to as I read the sponsorship for Andrew Downton, who is a great colleague of mine, who runs the studio Railtown Mastering in Vancouver. It's my recommendation for you to get your music mastered locally because Andrew has mastered my first album. And as you know, he is now mastering my second. I've gotten it back from him. I've checked it out. I dig it. I have now uploaded it to the streaming services to Bandcamp because that's what you do with masters. That's how you prepare the final files from your mixes that you're getting ready to release. I'm getting ready and I'm feeling good about it, thanks to Andrew. So if you wanna work with him to get your music mastered, email him at andrew at railtownmastering.com. That's andrew at railtownmastering.com. Or to learn more, go to railtownmastering.com, check out who he's worked with, see his rates, figure out what's going on, but make sure get your music mastered locally with him this year.
1: I like, I, I like the way you said Laura like oh we had such a fun time together writing we songs did. about did about about loss and death it was great <laughs> that's true <laughs> it was, but it's true
0: Vocals and guitar is a duo that you see a lot. I've covered Amber Sang and Alvin Brendan and their album previously on this podcast. And at Rhythm Changes, this is something different. This is an album that has some other instruments thrown into. Sometimes it's quite heavy, but at other times it's just totally fun. And at the end of the day, it's made by two extremely sweet people who I had a great time talking to. That's up next. You're listening to the only weekly interview podcast about jazz and creative music in Canada. Our two guests today are a vocalist and guitarist respectively who just released a collaborative album together called String Songs. It is another entry in their history of collaborating together and this time they have brought along John Bentley on saxophone and Peggy Lee to contribute to string arrangements to the tunes as well. So you have string, sax, and you have vocals and guitar on a whole bunch of lovely tunes. You may or may not have heard them at Frankie's Jazz Club and at the Fort Langley Jazz Festival playing at Sava Cafe recently. I'm excited to hear them play again soon. These are some of the legends of our local scene here who are always nice to talk to and who have been very generous to students like me. So please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast, Laura Crema and Bill Kuhn. Great to be here, Will. Thank you
2: so much, Will. Such a pleasure to be here.
0: All right. It is awesome to have you. I think a fun place to start would be the story of Happy Place. So you have a track called Happy Place. It sounds like what it's called. It's a very happy tune. And you even do that thing where you leave in kind of some laughter at the end of the track, like you just kind of ripped it off in the studio (laughs) and had a great old time. So I was wondering if uh, there's some heavier tracks on this album, maybe some heavier themes, and we can get into that later. But could you maybe just sum up the the life story of happy place so to speak and the experience of putting that one together because i enjoyed it a lot
1: i'll defer to laura on that because she is the uh the person who really is got that tune going so
2: oh, okay um well that tune was the as you as you mentioned there is a lot of heavier tunes on the album <laughs> and um and and they're great i mean there are a lot of intense um, introspective tunes, but I felt like we really needed like a, a, a palate cleanser <laughs> in between some of them. Yeah. Uh, and so then I was just, I I just was fooling around with some, a melody line and I was listening to uh, a song and I thought, Oh, I love the feel of that. It really it puts me into a happy place. So it was exactly that. I, I sort of came up with this line and then I was just singing it. Then I brought it to Bill and he of course um, added to it and, then we you know we recorded it it was pretty it was pretty quick process with that one um but i really have to say i do feel happy when i play that or sing that <laughs> so it is <laughs> that we just we kept with it like we kept with it because i was like oh this is my happy place you we were making a joke about it but then it was right. it suited the tune
1: yeah bill you yeah. cannot yeah yeah we definitely made a joke about about the name uh, but it's interesting right because you know like one of the things about this record is that we both contributed lyrics you know like a lot of people might say well or might think that, well Laura of course wrote all the lyrics and Bill wrote all the music but it's not like that at all. in this case Laura wrote the the melody and but there were no lyrics to deal with We didn't really we decided not to go with lyrics so we decided not to overthink this one and keep it light and a bit frothy and a bit like you're on vacation so we kind of took a vacation from the heavy themes for. For one
0: too. Yeah, and the liner notes tell that story too. This is what you wrote uh, on your half of the liner notes, uh, Bill, about that. I've got it in front of me. You said, I imagined going to the studio and capturing some of our favorite jazz standards and voila, an album. However, the project took a big and welcome detour, so instead of the familiar, we challenged each other. We began writing music and lyrics together. Let me be clear. I love words. But I've never written lyrics, so I was well out of my comfort zone
1: <laughs> I enjoyed so true. that yeah, so true and that's one of the great things about 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 working with Laura is is I don't know, we could bounce ideas off of each other and it and I think it was a safe place to do so, which was nice yeah,
2: yeah, it was a really nice process um we we yeah it was really safe to both offer m- melody and and, and and lyrics um and also you know bill he's a fantastic lyricist too like he really he came up with um um many of the lyrics and um and i was like i was really um quite um inspired too in terms of my own lyric and he's so he's so pro- prolific as well so that was really challenging for me to just like keep up with Bill too <laughs> cuz he um you know if i didn't have those lyrics ready he'd be like well i have i have another um <laughs> another version here yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that that was, that was really challenging you know he'd say oh, i've got this great tune um could you come up with some lyrics and then it would take a bit of time for me and then he would have he would have like a set of lyrics so that was great that was really inspiring and then we just really bounced ideas off each other too lyrically
0: yeah and you recorded it at demitone with dave Sekula. so did you overdubs when you did john bentley and peggy lee's contributions when you brought them into the album did they go there to record too did they contribute them from their places did you ever all play live in the same room how did that all shake down
1: uh, we didn't play live in the same room uh all of us but well for example on <clears throat> on some of the tunes like uh like string song for example uh, Laura was there and I was there and Peggy was there we so the three of us recorded that particular part together but I think maybe I had also an overdubbed the guitar part I can't remember now but I think maybe I did so <clears throat> that that was kind of an interesting process so some of it was live and then okay well let's Let's add something else to this. Let's let's add the solo to this. Um, but now that I'm thinking of it, is that actually what happened? I'd have to listen to the, the track again. Do you remember Laura on that one?
2: Uh, string songs. I yeah. think we all. I think that was that was right off the right right off the floor. Like we did it right all the there. Floor. Okay. I don't so think no we, I mean, we we um we 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 recorded that there, and then we I think we edited like you know some solos. And yeah, stuff. you're
1: right. Actually, now that I think of it, yeah. Yeah.
0: I actually have something in the notes to throw at you about string songs and it, it reveals that yes, this is true. Like you can, when you listen through the album, you can actually tell that this one was crafted with you and Peggy together because if you listen to it in stereo, the stereo presentation, the panning on that track is different than all the other ones. It's almost like you're playing it, it's almost like you're playing the album as a concert and laura steps off to the side of the stage to make more room for peggy to play cello like you can hear i think like laura you move over to the left on that track and like you're not on any of the other ones so yeah oh, that's that's totally it i actually had that That's so
2: interesting <laughs> that's so fascinating huh
1: the genius of dave
0: Sekula i think yeah <laughs> so he must have really kind of placed you in the mix where he saw you record. He must have, he's so detail-oriented, right? He's so great that way. I was telling Bill before we started rolling about the experience I had when I recorded with him. Um, he's he's so detail-oriented that you could just imagine him like jotting down something about where you were when you three of you did that together. <laughs> That's so true.
2: That's so true. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I also thought that you did such a great job of like introducing each new instrument in the album sequence because you start off right with arrow and the song and that's kind of a key tune to the story of how you created the album together right but then you know that that tune focusing a lot on both of you and like there's vocal overdubs on it and such too but then track 2 the saxophone makes a really strong impression track 3 the strings make a really strong impression and before too long you know you've switched to nylon guitar bill so like even though it's a very kind of minimal project like no bass no drums no traditional rhythm section like you've you've really kind of changed it up track over track and there's a lot of variation even though it's like a very minimal project it's cool
1: nice yeah and i think when we when we decide on the order i think i was thinking about that laura and i talked about that you know because it's always difficult i don't know about you will but when you you make an album <clears throat> You made all this music, and then the last one of the last things you do is actually decide what order people are going to listen this, to this. And 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 you know, I'm a- absolutely not sure that people listen in the order that it's that it's put in because of shuffle and because people just sometimes listen to one tune. But uh, I come from the old school of uh, listening to albums, you know, um, LPs and having one side, side one and side two. So, I don't know, I kind of like the idea of arranging the order, even though I do not find it easy. Uh, but that was one of the things that helped us, I think, we talked about this, Laura, right? The idea of, okay, we'll just present ourselves without John and and Peggy, without the sax and, and strings, and then we'll kind of add them in.
2: Definitely, I think, yeah, we we definitely thought about that and how how we would introduce the other voices, um. But we did we did we did take some time with it. I think we had a few different orders until we spot finalized yeah. on that one.
0: Yeah. So you both have played together before quite a bit, and when I was prepping for this, I found something that came from before uh, Laura a 2021 last year Jazz Fest gig that you did, and it was an article in the Georgia Strait and uh, with uh, Steve Newton's byline, and and he had one line in there. That I thought was interesting and, and maybe was was the beginning of a of a story that we could bring up here, maybe, unless it's uh mm-hmm. it's random and it's not quite as connected. But what he wrote, one of the things he wrote was, this is what he said, uh, about Laura, about you starting to collaborate with Bill. He wrote, Crema hooked up with him several years ago at the suggestion of a bass player she was working with.
2: Hmm.
0: So who was that?
2: That was uh Paul Rushka, who um Paul and I, we, we really, I mean, we. Paul was like somebody I met early on when I started performing. I think um, somehow we connected and we clicked and and we did a lot of gigs together. I think we had a regular gig at the Latin Quarter on Commercial Drive every Wednesday night for, um, I don't know, was it 10 years? Something crazy like wow. that. Like it was a long time. And so Paul and I, um, yeah, we played a lot together. We had kind of rotating um um, other instruments coming in with us, but yeah, P- Paul was uh, very um, yeah he was very instrumental in in suggesting like Bill and just obviously loved Bill and, as I do and and his playing and his person and who he is and so yeah definitely Bill uh, Paul Rushko was the uh, the bass player Paul and I we, we we played we played a lot over the years together <laughs> I miss him sadly he's um, not no longer living in Vancouver but.
1: We've lost him to the Maritimes, it seems. Uh, but yeah, I think my first my first real memory of playing with you is a rehearsal where uh, Serafina is in a snugly wrap, right, in front of you, and you're singing, and we're rehearsing at this house that... Anyways, yeah, I thought that was amazing. Here <laughs> She's taking care of her baby, but and she's also doing this rehearsal. And yeah, it was, pretty, it was cool. It definitely Paul was there. Um, it was... Just it was it was kind of a cool introduction to you, and and the fact that just yesterday <laughs> we were jamming with Serafina <laughs> at your right. place, That's and, right. and uh, now she's turned into quite quite a vocalist herself. That's quite a quite a journey there.
2: Hmm. That's so, that's so interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember that rehearsal for a jazz fest gig, and <laughs> I was definitely I forget how old she was, but she must have been
1: pretty young, like, eh?
2: Barely newborn, because she yeah, was yeah born at the end of November. And so that was probably rehearsal for whatever June. So right. I just remember I remember like having like not frantic, but you know when you just when you when you've just given birth or, or have a new baby. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to uh take on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Only what you imagine do, hey?
1: I mean I only imagine
2: women have been doing it forever. It's not anything new, but
1: No, it's true. Yeah. Well, I, I was pretty amazed that you were able to do that. Multitask. So that means we've been actually working together for how old is Serafina is now, 16? Well, she's
2: 16, yeah.
1: Yeah, so probably 15 years then.
0: Wow. Yeah, I heard, uh, Bill, I heard Bill play with Paul at the tangent multiple times in past years. So I heard you two collaborate instrumentally before.
1: Yeah, Paul and I played a lot together for sure. Yeah, yeah, I miss that guy. I mean, he, he kind of left a big hole in the, hmm. in the jazz scene here when he left. And uh, I, but my, but the positive thing is I know that he's doing great work out in uh at St. Effects and I know that he's spreading, you know, great advice and, and great vibes about playing. So that's that makes me happy too.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he has left a huge hole. I really um yeah, I like I said, Paul, I kinda I sort of I, I learned so much playing with him and uh and working with him over those over those years. And yeah, but he like you said, he's doing great work and he's doing well.
0: Yeah. So when did you both go into the studio with Dave at Demitone to record this album? When did that actually take place? Uh,
1: yeah, it was over a, a period of time for sure. And I think one of the things that happened was because of COVID, you know, you, you would record some stuff, and then it was like, okay, you know what? We're not we're not comfortable going into that small space right now because of the virus and how much it's spreading. And so then the next. Um, the next time we could get in there would be when we all felt good enough to do that or when it was even allowed in a way so it really took some time plus the whole process of how are we going to do this it's not just a duo album anymore and uh and and getting everyone's schedules together and uh you know peggy was traveling and then also john lives on the sunshine coast so but we were kind of determined to to use those sounds and those particular people because i think both laura and i really envisioned that on the record and now that i listen to it i go yeah i'm glad we did (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
2: i think it was i think we did we at the end of the year 2020 i think we went in for uh we recorded and then i i think we had scheduled some other recording uh dates but i got covid i think and then and then then it was then it was like getting getting over that and then you know feeling feeling comfortable during when the pandemic was in its Full force there so yeah definitely it took us some time to to reschedule and make it all work with with that everybody
1: and if anyone's ever been in demitone well some of your listeners may have been in demitone studio but you have to really imagine a very close space right you really have to be comfortable uh, even with masks on i mean it, it's not there's not a lot of room and it's a lovely intimate space but we're not talking about <clears throat> you know columbia recording studios here with high ceilings it's yeah. a, it's a basement, which which basically that when it's an amazing studio because Chris Nelson is the is the fellow who originally created that studio and then it it got changed somewhat. But he without him, I don't think that would have ever happened. And that's another great Vancouver bassist who uh, who was unfortunately died, but but um, was a huge part of this community. Yeah,
0: I never got to know him. Yeah.
1: I don't know, just a very thoughtful and very some he could be very an intense guy too. He also I believe he played with um the opera orchestra. So he played classical as well as jazz, but he played with Hugh Fraser for many years. Really integral part of uh, of the jazz scene.
0: Yeah. Um there were these two tracks that I thought had one of the most evocative themes on the album and this is where it's kind of the heavier you know, we got the minor keys and we got the lyrics that are that are heavier. And there's, there's track two, which is Blue Mist. And then there is also track six, which is August Blue. And, you know, my time listening to the album, uh, the combined sound of those two tracks is the mood that I'm left with after I listen to it. Um, those two tracks just stand out as having a really kind of inviting, but also a, a heavier mood. And I, I suppose those are two of my favorite tracks on there. And, you know, it reminds me of different things. It's, I'm not sure exactly what, like, I know when I listened to uh, Blue Mist, when I put that track on for the first time, I thought of the jazz standard Angel Eyes, Uh, maybe Mm because it's in the same key or because the melody does some of the same kind of things. But uh, I just thought about that tune. But then that mood ended up kind of being the mood that the album left me with after having listened to it a few times, you know.
1: We just did a video of Blue Mist, right, Laura? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah so yeah, it's not like, out yet. Yeah, we just recorded yeah. it yesterday, to tell you the truth. We played, sort of played that tune on the video like about 25 times. Laura sang it. And every time you sang it, Laura, it sounded great. Like, I was kind of, I kind of felt like I was playing with John Coltrane, you know, and there's the stories about John Coltrane doing 25 takes of my favorite things. And each one was a little bit different. Huh. It was, it no was pressure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, I was just, you know, kind of playing because it could barely. I, if I played too loud, I couldn't hear my, I couldn't hear the recording. But you I were mean, really I, singing.
2: Well, I think it to make it look authentic. I mean, I think you have to sing. Yeah. Otherwise, then <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It'd be hard to to sort of like pretend to sing the to sing it. But it was yeah. actually quite fun. I mean, in some ways, that was an interesting process because, like you say, well, that is a heavier tune. And I remember once we were, (laughs) when we were mixing it with Dave Sekula, he was like, we were hearing it and he was like, okay, I've got to, we've got to do something else, you know, it was like relentless, like, you know, just because it is, it is pretty, it is pretty, yeah, I don't know what, like you say, the feeling to describe that feeling, it's, it's, yeah, it's, not to, um. Yeah, there there is a hope there's a hopefulness in a way, but it also is, is pretty um, bleak kind of sense, sense of too in a sense. but then the the lyric has a lightness or or has you know talking about nature and in beauty. but yeah, I actually found that helpful to do it that many times because I it didn't doesn't didn't seem that dark after it was like I was like I, I kind of found some 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 more uh, sort of lightness and, and and a little bit of joy in that in a sense. Well, oh, that's Go cool. Figure. I
1: don't know. Cool. Yeah, well, that, that was a tune that I wrote while I was in Banff, actually. Um, and so I was really describing the nature of of Banff, or 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 maybe the nature that one couldn't see in Banff. Um, and these lyrics kind of came to me, and so did the melody at the same time, which was kind of strange. It might have even been one of the first tunes that I actually wrote words to but I got quite excited about it I thought I think I've got something here and I remember sending it to Laura right away and saying what do you think of this you know and and then she wrote a second verse and I guess the rest is history
0: <laughs> yeah
2: and, jo- and John brings so much to it as well in terms of what he just just yeah. he's so he's such an amazing um artist in that he really um I respect him so much like he just he's able to just support and also express and meld our, Bill and I, our voices with his, and then bring something else. So yeah, he's such a great player and he, he did a beautiful job.
1: Yeah, a great player, a thoughtful player a really, he's not just playing the licks that he knows in a way you know like he's really taking into account the song and he's trying to play the song and i really appreciate that in his playing
0: yeah one of my favorite moments on the whole record is uh his solo on heart flame on that track Mm -hmm. big solo one of the most kind of energetic moments where it activates in a different sort of way than any other track or, or part of the record
1: yeah right and that and then we're actually all play all four of us are
0: playing at once which is kind of exciting so yeah that heart flame track that's the one where all four musicians are on it correct Mm -hmm. and then laura you've made multiple albums uh as an artist yourself and you've presented different material on those albums you've played with different things maybe walk back through some of the the moments that stand out to you like on your previous albums or through your own uh, discography, your artist history. Get, for a listener who hasn't checked out any of your music uh, before other than this album, uh, what what would they look back on? What could they go find and listen to?
2: There's a pop album out there.
0: <laughs> or not a
2: pop album. I would say like, a, I don't know. It's more of a like rock. A no, it's more kind of like, almost like, not Portishead, but there's kind of a sound, a to that, um,
1: oh.
2: guitar-based, um, that band called I, I don't think you could find it anywhere it's called the dreaming i think
1: <laughs> um, i don't know about this the yeah dreaming. yeah so this was this was, this was way
2: back when and there's i there's a lot of it that i like ah, i just can't you know can't hear but but that was kind of fun and i did write all the lyrics to that album that complete album what um yeah so this is like with no not jazz players but actually matt who did the graphics for the album was the was the drummer for that
1: ah the graphics for string songs
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, so that was, I guess my first, I did, I did it, I did a recording just like a self-titled one with, um, Miles Black and, um, Paul Rushka. So that was, le- that was sort of like a kind of a, you know, a calling card where you sort of had to have something to get, you know, to get gigs and be presented that type of thing. That was fun. And then after that I did, I went to, to BAP to study with, um, Sheila Jordan, and Jay Clayton and um, I met um, the great pianist David Restivo and I did a recording at Banff called Almost Almost Blue and then I did uh, a couple of more standard albums with a couple of original tunes Spring is Here with George McFetrick a great piano player that I work with for many years and Bill's also on that as well uh, Paul Rushka and um, Nino Di Pasquale and um, Paul Townsend and then I did a, another album called Photographia which um, has um, Sharon Minamoto but uh, same players <laughs> with Joe Poole on drums on that um, that's been that's been fantastic and then and then my the previous one to this album was kind of a country roots folk album that I just started really enjoying that music I am um, my grandfather was a big Hank Snow. Uh, he loved country music, and so I I did listen to it a lot growing up. That music, and I work with um, Scott Smith, who's a multi instrumentalist and plays steel guitar as well as um, banjo and dobro and stuff. So we collaborate on that. It, I sort of produced it together, and I got a bunch of songs that I thought that I wanted to um, record, and so. And then with Bill, it was really. He had done a a writing project with uh, a wonderful um, singer-songwriter and I heard that album and I loved it and and I know he was working on he was interested in in writing lyrics I guess the one with um, that you recorded with you didn't write the lyrics so Bill
1: with Christina Olson. yeah it was more more collaboration where it was lyrics and music and she did the lyrics yeah
2: it Mm -hmm. really happened naturally that we decided to co-create and And co-write together and we had a really fantastic time like it was I don't think I was saying this a couple days ago I don't think we would have maybe or I wouldn't have anyways written those songs and those lyrics if it wasn't for that collaboration that's the kind of beautiful thing about a collaboration where those just coming together and writing something completely unique and yeah it was really it was it was a wonderful process and (laughs) we had a lot of fun and we got to uh, it was it was really nice to take our time because it did happen over a few years where we could you know like really talk about a lyric and and about dreams and about um yeah there wasn't any big push to actually like I, there wasn't a deadline until I got a grant we got a grant and then we said okay we have to
1: <laughs> figure it <laughs> and out and even that was pushed push, pushed pushed back that was pushed the too yeah program.
2: I mean, I really am attracted to songs and 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 I love all genres. Like I really I like like when I went to BCC, I did a lot of like electronic music and I'm always like I want to get back to doing that. So I really I just do really love all genres and um I don't know and and you know there's so many wonderful songs um that are out there and they sort of like grab onto you and they hold onto you and you're like Okay, this is something I have to do. That was really with the with the country music. It was like they were kind of like ripping at my heart all the whole Hank Williams that the amazing tunes that he wrote and I was just like um, yeah, just really inspiring. So, and then and then this is like you say a completely different project and but you know, in some ways maybe does have a connection cuz there is not not that this country at all, but there's definitely the folk element that kind of you know, bills bringing his own um, uh, you know, uh, a singer songwriter approach, so and that coming together kind of. <laughs> Anyways, I like,
1: I, I like the way you said, Laura. Like, oh, we had such a fun time together, writing we songs did. about did about about loss and death. It was great. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was, but it's true. It's true because a lot of the songs, you know, do, you know, they are about people who have passed or about lost love or about you know, like there's a lot of sadness and, and there was sadness going on. In both our lives at that time, people that we were losing, but you're right. I think that was that's the point is that that uh, the it was it was important in almost to to write the songs. It was helpful and and as you say, it was fun.
0: I think that's a lovely place to wrap it up. I really look forward to seeing you both out there in the community, and I have a lot of respect for everything that each of you have done and what you've done together. I really enjoyed the album, so thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks,
1: Will.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you like what you hear, I invite you to become a member of Rhythm Changes today on our website. By doing so, you'll get the free weekly article and you can check out new things happening, new albums coming out like this week's article available now, an album by Ben Sigerson, talented young piano player. You can check that out and get future articles when you become a member for free today. Sign up and get the free weekly article at rhythmchanges.ca.